Hello and welcome. Happy Titty Talk. Woo -woo. Today I am joined by the amazing Edit Murray. Woohoo! Hey, girl. Hey, thanks for having me. No, thank you so much for coming on. I am so, so excited. Obviously, we've met a few times now and I was super excited when you agreed to come on to the podcast for many reasons. One being obviously an amazing athlete, which I got to witness firsthand, but also just a lovely, genuine person as well. And I just thought you are, you are the type of gal that I want on the podcast. Thank you. And I think you're a very interesting person because... Like I said, we've met a few times, but you know, you're usually competing, I'm, I'm commentating, so we don't really get time to speak, so I thought it'd be really nice just to get to know you a bit more and let all the fans know who you are as well. So, yeah. You um, always only see my, like, my contest self, like the makeup yes. and the braids and like my alter ego, so I yes. feel like real people today. <laughs> I know, I know, because yeah, that's one thing I definitely want to talk about in... Because I kind of have a perception of why that you do the makeup and the hair, why I would do it. But I actually want to hear from you, like, how it started and things. So let's, do you know what? Let's start with that. Because that is okay. probably what you're known for, is the makeup, mm. the hair, when you're competing. How did that start? Why did it start? Tell us. Yeah, so I started doing that a couple of years ago. Um, but I backstory, I have always had horrible performance anxiety stage fright um like I grew up a musician and I, I got to a point like I had to take beta blockers at one point to be able to perform because I would just clam up and like I remember once I was at like a state competition and I walked off halfway through my piece because I just clammed up and I I used to struggle with that so bad um and it always affected me in competition almost always the first event I I kind of would get over it after the first event but um the first event always was really hard for me because I was so nervous. It was always, almost always overhead and I would be so shaky that um, I would just really underperform. And my, my coach actually, I think actually three years ago now, um, before my first world's win, he was like, um, I had just gotten into makeup as a quarantine hobby during that time. And he brought up this idea of like, well, what if you use that to create a different version of yourself? That like, it's okay that Aaron gets nervous and scared and all those things, that's fine. But like this version of you doesn't. Um, and it really helped. So like I spent that morning, I love doing makeup. I love the artistic side of it. So I got to like spend an hour with myself. It's kind of like a meditative experience for me. So it kind of calms me down. Um, and then I literally become someone else. And like, I'm a very different person at contests when I have all that on. Um, and it's someone that doesn't get nervous and it's like it's it's okay that Aaron does because like I'm someone else who is better suited for the task at hand when I show up there oh girl I love that I love that so much and that's kind of what I guess it was that mm -hmm. it was that you know going from Erin to competitor kind of thing mm -hmm. and um, which I think is a great a great way to kind of get over it I struggle with it as well I wouldn't say I get anxious or nervous but I feel a lot of pressure yeah. and I put so much pressure on myself so it's definitely something I'm trying to work with I usually just listen to like the most random music and it does help um mm. but still lots of pressure so yeah I think that's amazing so anyone watching that maybe do like struggles with anxiety when they're competing or performing or whatever it is maybe something you should try try just try. hair makeup anything you know I've seen more and more people start to do it yeah. Too, over the years, yeah. which is really cool, and they always tag me in the photos, and it's really awesome. 
Um, and That's I love so that cool. it's become an empowering thing for, for other people because it is so cool. Like even throughout the day, sometimes I'll forget and I'll start to feel a type of way, but I'll like see myself in the mirror and be like, oh, no, I'm that person right now. And then it like snaps me out of it a little bit. Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps like thinking about it. I love it so much because, but you can see it as well. Like you can, you can just see you're ready. Like mm. you, you come out and it's just like, oh my gosh. She's so cool. Look at her. I'm like, she's fucking going to smash it. I love it so much. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I think that's amazing. But I think people knowing that is going to make you so relatable because, you know, you are the world's best. You are world's strongest woman, underrated twos. You are the Open Arnold's winner. And it's allowing people to be like, oh, okay, she feels like I do. So that's then if she can do it, I can do it. So I, I love that. Like it's okay to be nervous. Like that doesn't mean sometimes I feel like it's equate like you I would never equate like being nervous with being less confident. Like I feel like mm -hmm. nerves just mean that it matters to you and that's a good thing. And yeah. it's it's okay and normal to feel anxious and nervous as long as you can kind of know how to cope with that in a way that's not destructive. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I always tell any of my athletes if you are nervous, that's a good thing. Because mm -hmm. if you weren't, it means you don't care. And if you don't yeah. care, then there's no point doing it. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. And I don't so think much. you ever really get to a, a point or a level where that should go away. Like yeah. you should always care enough to be a little bit nervous. I think that's really normal. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So how did you get into strong women then like i've always find that so interesting because everyone's got such a different story so how did that come up for you and how, how you've not been doing it that long though have you um i've been doing strongman for about eight years and like oh, really? competitive strength training that. for almost okay. almost 12 years of competitive strength training oh wow that's amazing it's been a while but it was a that's slow a it was a slow road I, I didn't have like a meteoric rise right from the beginning which i think ultimately was a good thing um but i didn't grow up an athlete. Um, I think my dad tried to put me in like every sport. I really hated sports growing up. So I was like, you know, musician, academically inclined my whole life. I started college actually going to study math and French horn performance. Um, that's oh. the route I was going to go with my life. Um, I've struggled with mental health for a really long time. And it kind of came to a head my first year of college. Uh, developed an eating disorder on top of everything else, and I had to drop out of college my second year. So I, I went home. I went to like a, I guess like a camp, like an eating disorder camp. Um, we did martial arts as part of our therapy. Like it was very movement-based. Um, I was very, very fortunate in the, the treatment that I got. It was really about appreciating your body for what it could do instead of what it looks like. So we like we did Tai Chi every morning and night. We had like group martial arts sessions and private sessions. And it was really about like, how can we make you feel empowered? Um, and I loved it. Like I, I kind of picked up the martial arts really well. I was pretty good at it. So even after the camp, I continued to do that. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. I started doing CrossFit to get in better shape for martial arts. And then I ended up really liking that. Um, but I gravitated towards the lifting components of yeah. CrossFit. So that kind of developed into an interest in powerlifting. And I did that for three years. I think when I first started, I did powerlifting competitions. And then I decided to go back to college to study exercise science. because I fell in love with that whole field. And I met Zach McCarley and Pat Castelli, who at the time were two phenomenal strongman athletes. And they had yeah. put on a contest 
as a fundraiser to help them raise money to go compete in Norway, I believe. Yeah, and yeah. So I just jumped right. into it just to support my friends. And I, I could never go back to powerlifting after that one time. Like, oh, this is so much more fun. And that was, that was so much more fun. Yeah, it was eight years ago. And I have, I, I tried to go back and do one powerlifting meet once. And it was so boring. I couldn't, I couldn't go back to it. <laughs> so boring. It's so shit. It's so shit. I did it twice. I was like, I'm retired. No more powerlifting. Like, this, it's like the same three lifts over and over. I couldn't, I couldn't no. do it again. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. What a story. I mean, that's so inspiring. And I think that a lot of athletes, people think that, you know, people gravitate to sport and that that's only what they're good at. But it shows, you know, you're very academic, very clever, you know, musician as well. Like there's so much more than just the athlete. And I think people don't see that and don't, yeah. That's all they think is, oh, they're good at sports. Like, no, we're actually so much more than that. So I just think that's absolutely amazing. Um, I want to ask you a bit more about your mental health, if that's okay, if you're happy enough yeah, to speak about So kind of, how did you start realizing that you were struggling with your mental health as you were growing up? Like, was there something that happened or was it just a gradual thing that you'd always struggled with? Tell us a bit more about that. So I guess it's hard to pinpoint, like, uh, when did this start? Because um, there was no, like, traumatic event. Um, it's just, it runs in the family. I think it's just something that I was kind of always a part of me. Um, it kind of first started manifesting in a way that was obvious. Um, I remember it was going into my freshman year of high school is when I started self-harming. Um, and even at the time, I didn't really know why. I just knew that it felt good for some reason. Um, and I did that for about two years before I opened up to my parents about it and asked for help. So I started going to therapy at like 15 or 16 years old and have been in and out of therapy like since then. And so thankfully have um, conquered that part of my life. Um, but it's weird looking back because there wasn't really an event or something that happened. It wasn't like I had friends that did it that like, I don't even know where the idea came from. Yeah. Um, but it's just something that I held on to for m many years. So, and then that, um, and then all through high school, I think I, I probably had an eating disorder a lot earlier than it was like diagnosed in a real problem. Yeah. And you recognize like that. just looking back at high school, like I started meal tracking back when it was like an actual physical paper book that I had to write things in at like 15 yeah. years old. And like going to the gym after school and getting on the on the elliptical for two hours because I wanted to be skinnier and like all the things that you know girls are told that they're supposed to be small and skinny and dainty and like I remember I enjoyed lifting weights with my dad but I also remember once getting called um, fuerte mujer in Spanish class in like seventh grade because like a, a boy grabbed my arm and I had biceps and I was so self conscious about that I was like oh well I should probably stop lifting yeah. and like I think that started at like. 12 years old wow and the thing is it's so scary because that's still happening like there's still mm. so much stigma about women lifting weights and doing strength sports and how i mean I've, I've heard it like i have got young young girls and coming into the gym and you can hear them like talking about their goals and i want to be skinny and and it's like, oh, and it goes back to exactly what you said that it's we should be looking at our body of what it can do for us, not how it looks. And yeah, we all want to feel good and we all want to look our best, and that shouldn't be 
the top of the list. It should be what can I look at what our body's doing for us every single day. How can mm-hmm. we make that better? So it, it's it's sad. It's sad to see, but hopefully, you know, people like you sharing your story, which we I really appreciate, will inspire other girls to actually, you know, let's appreciate my body for what it can do and look at that rather than just going with what everybody says you should be skinny, all that things. It, it's just so sad to see. But thank you for sharing that. It's, I appreciate that because that's really inspiring for some young girls listening now. You know, knowing that. If they feel differently, they want to go to the gym. If they want to be strong, then just do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. And there's a whole community of people that will support you in it. And I think strongman, for some reason specifically, is so great for that because there's just, I don't know, I have a, it's obviously a biased opinion coming from me, but I just think there's something so empowering about the types of things we get to do, like pulling trucks and lifting boulders and like carrying around sandbags. There's just something to that that I've watched repeatedly over my coaching career, you know, women that like maybe are intimidated with by like a deadlift or like they don't really care how much they bench press, but you know, you put them under a yoke and their face kind of lights up. Like there's just something inherently exciting about what we do that I feel like everyone can find something where they feel really empowered. And that's why I love the sport. Like, one of the many reasons why I love the sport. 100%. And I'm the same. I was just, I speak about this quite a lot in how if, if there's somebody out there, you know, you don't feel like you're being supported in what you want to do or you don't feel like you've got that support system around you, I'm always, I always say just go and join a young man gym because mm-hmm. I have never, ever felt so supported and inspired in my life until I started strongman because it's just like this whole family that you've got like mm. I travel a lot same with yourself and meet new people all the time and, I, and every time I go I am by myself and I never feel like out of place or like I'm automatically oh, there's, there's in, friends everywhere yeah you just <laughs> yeah. walk in and it's your friends it's like straight away and I have also been a part of many sports and been to many different kinds of gyms and it just doesn't have the same feel it yeah. just doesn't like and I'm not saying there isn't community based in other sports of course there is but there's just something special about strong it's special 100%. and just the the level of hype that I feel like people get no matter what level they're at I mean I'm super fortunate to be at a really awesome gym with a great community and it's so fun to see you know if someone's whether they're carrying a 50 pound sandbag or a 500 pound sandbag, people are going to cheer the same way. You know, like if like, you know, we have people come take our strongman classes at every level and and there's no really such thing as a lift being like too small to get hyped over, you know, and the the whole gym will, will cheer and get behind anyone trying to better themselves, no matter where they are in that spectrum. Oh, definitely. Because we, we always remember that time that we lifted yeah, small sandbag, and the. Yep. I mean, even the gym the other day, and obviously I've been doing strongman. I've been in the gym for for a while, and I'm recovering my shoulder, and I could get a little bit range of motion more. And they were like, "Yes, you did it!" And it was literally just doing a, a kettlebell windmill, and they were so excited. They're like, "Look at look at you moving! Look at you moving!" And I was like, "I'm doing it!" So cool. It was so cool. And I was just like. I wish, like, the reason I opened my own gym was because I started Strongman, I was competing. And I just, and even just now, I get so excited about it. 
I just wanted everyone, every mm. day, to have the opportunity to feel how I feel when I'm in that community and when I'm competing or yeah. when I'm watching a competition. And another reason why I wanted to MC and commentate because I knew I couldn't do every competition, but I wanted that. I wanted that feeling more. So I was like, I want to be the one that gets to cheer for them all. And that's so cool. I love it, and that's why I opened the gym. That's why I'm so passionate about like doing my podcast and anything I can to get people to realize there's there is support out there. There is people mm -hmm. that you know that will cheer you on and be behind you. You just you've got to put yourself in the right place, and, and it might not be strongman, but find something like that because it just changes your life. It, it changed mine anyway. Yeah. So and in anything like anything, especially fitness related, I feel like it can be so intimidating. And so just finding people to mm -hmm. be there with you through the process is, I feel like such a huge indicator of success in the long run. Yeah. You know, doing it alone versus doing it with a community just yeah. makes it easier for people to stick through. And, you know, when, you don't want to go to the gym, but your training partners meet me there at two. Like, you're going to show up. <laughs> oh, definitely. But then also, you know, if you're having any issues or worries or concerns, you have that, you have that option, you know, because mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, do obviously got great home life. It doesn't matter what's happening outside, but sometimes it's just having that, that one place to go for you where you can speak to somebody that's not a part of the the situation they may be going through or the challenge you're facing or knowing yeah. somebody that's maybe going through a similar thing that you can relate to in a safe space. Yes. You know, so I just think it's so important to be a part of something, something, whatever it is. Fitness is obviously, we are both going to say it should be something to do with fitness because it does make you feel good and it's proved, scientifically proven that it, you know, helps mental health, physical health, but it's just, the reason I say fitness or a gym is because the, it's a positive atmosphere. It's a positive yeah. environment. Like everyone's there to be better. They want to yeah. be better. So you want to be surrounded by people that want to be better because then it's going to help you get better. Yep. So, you are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. And just to that point, like obviously we're biased or we're going to say fitness is the, the, the best way to be involved with community. But um, I mean, I know recently even like the Surgeon General has been talking about the, the warnings or here, I guess, um, warnings about loneliness and that, you know, research coming out about the, the health um, ramifications of chronic loneliness and like that that's a real health concern here now. And just prioritizing connection in a world where we all live behind screens is so important that, you know, it's, it's easy to sit behind a screen and feel like you're connecting with people because you're texting them all day, but actually getting out and going and doing things with people isn't the same and even if that's like a book club or um getting together like it doesn't have to like i think it should be fitness because yeah. <laughs> we think because be, but... we're we're biased in that but i think just yeah. getting out and being around like-minded people yeah no matter what the medium is is so important oh 100 percent. you just you have to have like you said behind screens all the time texts and people it's not the same as having that connection with somebody in real life and getting out and seeing different things and I think I think COVID was has put us behind screens even more because we had to interact and yeah. we don't make the same effort to to see our friends and I mean I know I'm guilty of that mm -hmm. I know that I'm, oh I'm busy I'm busy 
got into that bad cycle. But then I, I realized quite quickly that it's just not the same. Like, and mm. once you see your friend again, you're like, oh, oh, this is so, you could have been texting them every day all week. But once you see them, it's just so different. So it is so important to get out there and be surrounded by people. And yeah, loneliness is a, is a big thing over here as well that, that it's, you know, people are struggling with. So it's just get out there, find something that you love and be a part of something. Be a part of something bigger is yep. the way to go, definitely. So, Erin, tell us, what is on your goals list this year? You know what? That's a hard question because I think for the first time in 10 years, I don't really know. Um, oh, wow, okay. And I think that was a, a big part of why I kind of struggled coming off of Worlds this year. Yeah. Um, is I've always had a next thing kind of already predetermined like there's been an obvious next step or a long-term goal or and I still have certain long-term goals in the sport but in terms of like what I want to accomplish this year it's, I think it's the first time for me that it's not really clear um you know I'm coming off of a year last year mm-hmm. where it was is awesome I, I met every goal that I set for myself last year and that feels great and now I'm kind of like now what um, yeah. you know, I have a lot of open shows planned for this year. I've got the, the, the two Arnolds, um, coming up in March, uh, that I'm very excited about, yeah. but also realistically, like, this isn't me just like being negative. I'm not going to win those shows and that's fine. I'm not, a, I'm not an open, like, I'm not a true open class girl. I'm not a Rebecca Roberts or a Victoria Long or a Lucy or Inez, like, and that's totally fine. Like I'm excited for those shows and I'm excited to to do well and show what I'm capable of. But it is really weird to train really hard for a show that I know I can't win. It's yeah. been a long time since I went into a show. I can't remember the last time I went to a show with the goal not being to win. Um, okay. So that's different. And so I feel like I kind of have to like reframe my goals around that. Yeah. And things that I'd like to improve on this year are connecting with other people you know kind of like um you know i have my community here but i want to make an effort to connect with other like-minded high-level athletes around the world i yeah. want you know to get better at content creation and work on my youtube channel and um kind of like those aspects of the sport that i think are if you're trying to make a living as an athlete equally important yeah um, and things that i'm not naturally good at and so i think that this is kind of a year of growth in forcing myself out of my comfort zone in those areas um i'll be back at worlds at the end of the year i know that's kind of a ways off i don't know what weight class yet we're kind of going to see what pops up this year a little peaky surprise (laughs) (laughs) i put that i put it up in my story the other day i'm like oh what weight class should i do this year and almost everyone said open i'm not sure oh oh, oh my gosh well i hope i'm front row again because i can't wait that was amazing that was oh that's so good i love that I love that, but I, I get it. Like, um, I had big, big goals last year, like get to Giants Live, get to OSG, mm-hmm. and I I did everything I said I was going to do, apart from I didn't win Scotland's Strongest Woman. However, that was my own fault because I tried to convince myself. I tried to be positive and be like, yeah, you can win, you can win. But I then was far too much pressure, and I just... Oh. It, it yeah it ruined it I was just like why did you not just go and enjoy it like you usually do and that's usually when you do well yeah. but anyway that's Learning the only experience. one I didn't reach so 
And I'm the same, where I'm just kind of like, yeah, I just want to meet new people. I want to do better with my YouTube, my podcast, so I can help and reach more people. That, like, the goals are big, but mm-hmm. smaller, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's yeah, my main focus. Because like, everyone's like, what, what competition are you going to try and MC at next? I'm like, well, obviously, in the future, there's big goals. But mm-hmm. this year, I just kind of want to enjoy enjoy it yeah yeah that's kind of where i'm at ultimately i mean that was a very very vague goal but my overarching goal with my career is like i want to be the greatest strong woman of all time and i think that kind of includes over like that's not something i can accomplish this year that's something that will be over the next 10 years um and so it's trying to figure out how to build my life in a way to allow that to happen yeah. Um, because I, you know, I don't want to just do this for a couple of years and, you know, prioritize the contests that I'm doing this year or next year. Um, but I think in order to really achieve that on a long-term basis, I want to find a way to make a living yes. doing this. Um, so I feel like this year is kind of like a building blocks year to set myself up so that the next 10 years can really be dedicated towards that overarching goal. I love it. I love it. See, guys, you can't always just focus. Sometimes you've got to do the smaller things. That's not small mm-hmm. things. That's, you know, a lot of work. But sometimes you've got to take a step back and be like, okay, mm-hmm. what do I need to improve on that I have to mm-hmm. get to the next goal? That's where I think the last three years, it's for me, it's been next goal, next goal, next goal, next goal, next goal. Where now I'm kind of looking, being like, right, what am I doing? that's not 100% that needs to be to get me Mm. to the next big goal. Yeah. Um, And I think it's like reflective of Strongman. I think I talked about this on a podcast recently. We were talking about Strongman and how I love that it forces you to do the things that you're bad at. Mm -hmm. And I think that that applies to so much more than just the sport. And I feel like right now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I'm identifying the things that I am not so strong at. Mm -hmm. Um, and that means I just need to work on them instead of just accepting like, you know, podcasts are something that I used to be terrible at. Like I used to be bad at interviews and like speaking and like, it's like those kind of things that for me are just as important. Like those are also weaknesses that I've had to work on. And so yeah. it's like this year identifying other areas that I'm weaker at that, you know, Training, I mean, training is hard, but it's the easy part. Like, I, just, I go to the gym yeah. and I follow my program and I do what I need to do. Yeah. And so now it's figuring out the other areas of my life that don't come so naturally and how mm-hmm. can I improve upon those. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. I am the, like, I've, I've lost weight before, gained weight when doing strong, I've lost weight, but I have always struggled to lose weight. Like, mm-hmm. I was really, really big, I was really overweight lost that actually found that really easy but Mm. I got very obsessed with I I wouldn't say I had any kind of disorder it was just I got I was very restrictive like it was all or nothing and I'm much better now where it's not all or nothing but since I've not been all or nothing I haven't managed to shift the weight and get to a physique that I want to Mm. see like but I've got all this muscle now and I think I wonder what I look like if I could see that muscle (laughs) so my goal this year is to really challenge myself and lose 12 kilos. And that mm-hmm. is like a lot. And 
it's really just to prove to myself that I can do it because that's yeah. been something I've always struggled with is it's fine I, I'm happy with the way I look and that's the challenge because mm -hmm. if you're not happy it's much easier to lose the weight because you've kind of got that to push you but I'm quite but happy with how I look but that's not sustainable I don't think like if you're just losing no, weight not. because you're unhappy with how you look I feel like that's when the yo-yoing happen happens yes. as opposed to you know setting like a weight loss goal as a positive, like this is going to make me better at my sport, or this is going to, um, you know, improve my life in a positive way instead of running away from something negative. I think is yeah, just sticks better. Yeah, I suppose when I first started losing weight, it was it was more health. Like mm -hmm. I, I had to. I was very very overweight, and I had to get healthy. That was my drive. So suppose now you've said that that was my drive, mm -hmm. but I never ever. I never, I've never really thought like I want to lose weight to look better. Was, there was always mm -hmm. a, another reason, and I think that's why I struggle now is because I haven't had a good enough reason to do that. Because I was, I was quite happy. I was strong. I was still fit. I was moving fast. But now I just want to challenge myself because I know that that is one of my big challenges, and I want to see what I can look like. So it is for me at the end goal is to see. How my what my body what my body's done underneath. I want to see what, yeah. what's under there. I see, see what you've what worked, worked for. hard for. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so that's a big challenge for me. But that is um, a goal that I've never really looked at for a long time. But it's pushing me out of my comfort zone. Completely pushing me out of my comfort yeah, zone. And like, I would imagine hard to do because, like you said, I'm for a lot of things the same way, very like black and white, all or nothing. And it can be hard to find that like sustainable middle ground. Yeah, definitely. That's it's it seems like that would be the the easier place to live, and it's really not because like strict rules are easier to follow than gray areas. Oh, oh, hundred percent. Because it's like oh, I'll just follow this, and then it's like that, isn't it? Then that's yeah. okay. But <laughs> when you open up, it's it is much more difficult. But yeah, my my goals are definitely just a bit. Just to enjoy it. I think we spoke about this when we was chatting up um, a couple of weeks ago where that pressure as well, go back to that, like having these great years. Obviously, you've had a great year. I had a great year last year. And that I had a full meltdown of just like, what if I'm not as good this year? And I don't care what other people think, but there is still that aspect of, I want to continue to inspire people. So I have to continue to achieve and be better all the time. Or mm. I'm not going to inspire people. It's not what they think, but it's I want to inspire them and I don't want to yeah. let them down. Um, tell me a bit about that, how you felt, because you said you felt you felt the same yeah. like after having such a great year. Yeah, so it's like that the pressure to maintain that, you know, I know saying this, it, I know that it's irrational, but there's like, this weird need to prove that I earned what I won last year, which doesn't make sense because I did that last year. Like, yeah. um, but there is like some weird anxiety around like, Oh, well I have to prove that I earned those titles and prove that I can stay at the top and find ways to do, do more and be more and like find the next, yeah. the next big thing. Um, and it's hard coming off of like at this point having accomplished kind of everything that I wanted to that like, how am I possibly going to top that? Yeah. And that 
that should be an exciting thing. Like that should be an exciting open door to new opportunities, but sometimes it can be paralyzing. Oh, definitely. hundred percent. Like I feel that's how I felt a couple of weeks ago when we spoke. I just, I just didn't know how I was going to be better again. And I was just mm. like every year for the last three years, I said to myself, I was going to continue to get better every year. And yes, I, Obviously, I know in myself as a person, I will continue to get better. But I'm like, what about these big goals? They're going to have to get bigger. And then I'm going to have to achieve bigger things. And mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have to do more. I might have to travel more. And then what about the kids? But I want to be here. But, and then it was just like, okay, I think I'm just going to stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> just going to stay at home, never leave ever again. This is too much. Like, just just crazy and it's like what competition can I commentate at next? What's just the next biggest one? Blah, blah. What could they do? This. I wonder if they want me back. What if they don't want me? What if, what if it only was that year? Nobody cares anymore. I was like, oh, it's, it's yep. so bad. <laughs> so I bad. can relate to what that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I relate to all that. I think sometimes I have to remind myself that like I got to the point that I'm at by just pursuing what I love and being relentless about it. And it's yeah. like, all I can do is continue to do that. hundred percent. Just, yeah. Continue the passion. Like I love competing. Although I put pressure on myself, I do love it. I love the environment. I love it, love it, love it. But I've, my place in the sport is to, in, in my mind, to be the female voice of the sport. That love is it. what I wanted. I wanted to be the one that knew the women mm-hmm. and not be like, oh, here comes Erin Murray. I'm like, I know her <laughs> and she's awesome. Like I wanted to just add that bit of character and that, that personal touch for the yeah. men as well, but more for the women. Like, yes, I think historically, yeah, historically, I feel like, unfortunately, we've kind of just been swept under the rug, like women and kind of weight classes. And we've started to see that change, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's really nice to have someone behind the mic that's like, oh, actually knows who I am and what I do. Yeah, because because all you ladies inspire me. So obviously, I want to know more about you guys. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I find that out and I'll come talk to you. And then, well, I was actually just talking to her. Did you know? this fact and then it makes you more relatable and then the sport's going to grow not just for the women but for everyone and that's why I was so passionate about it because the first time I emceed everyone like I spoke to all the women before and I was making like I was they I said tell me a fact and they were like oh well I won this I'm like I don't care about that something else tell me a fact about you and they're like oh Mm. and I was able to share these personal facts which obviously they gave me permission for and the feedback I got was, wow, it was, how inspiring is that, you know, this lady that's just recovered from cancer two years ago. Like, nobody knew that. And I'm like, yeah, because they're they're human. We're not just, like, medals are nothing. Like, you need to know these people. They're amazing. And I, yeah. after that, I was like, that's it. This is my place. I need to find all the facts about the amazing athletes and let them everyone know that these people are not just amazing athletes, they're amazing humans and that you should be yeah, inspired by these people. And, and that, that was my goal and I did it, so it's fine. But That's awesome. I, and and, I, and I think that really, <laughs> that helps grow the sport so much yeah. too because like, yeah, we go out and we do cool things, but like we want people to want to watch. Like that's what ultimately helps grow the sport is like getting people invested in spectating yeah. and watching and being involved. Yeah. And, yeah. and people like to be interested in people like the sport is fun but when you can be invested in a person that you relate to and you can follow and you you Mm -hmm. care about them and you have someone to cheer for because like 
you feel like a connection to them, I think yeah. that's what really draws people in in a way that's that's meaningful and makes people want to continue watching. Yeah, it, because it means something to them. It's not just yeah. watching sport. Um, and that's where my point was getting. Obviously, I always talk too much. Um, was that going toward my goals, I just, I think sometimes we need to just remember and remind ourselves why we're doing it in the first place yeah. and not put so much stress. Like I need to just remember that the reason I'm doing it is because I want people to be inspired. Everything's mm. always about inspiring people. The reason I want to commentate is so I can find out the things that other people don't know and tell everyone, <laughs> tell everyone how amazing the sport is and how amazing the athletes are and the women and the men and, and the crew and everyone just make people want to be a part of it and feel like they have a place as well. Like they can, like you said, yeah. relatable. I yeah. think so. Same for you. Like you said, you've got to remember why you love it and your passion mm -hmm. for it and things will happen because that's what we did this year. Mm -hmm. We just did things because we loved it. And obviously you've got to be relentless, as you said, and do the work. But the minute you forget why you're doing it, then it becomes work. It yep. becomes a challenge. You don't want that. That's not a way to live, people. It's not yeah. a way to live. So, yeah, I love that. Absolutely love it. And I love that you've said you're going to be the greatest strong woman of all, all time because I believe if there's anyone going to do it, my friend, it's going to be you because I'm so. seeing you compete. <laughs> and you are fucking... I actually watched you and I was like, I'm so glad I'm not competing. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm talking. You gotta get you back in the class. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I mean, I would that would be amazing because it would be so fun to compete with you guys. But I am not at that level yet. Yes. So I will get there and give you a shout when I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so fun. <laughs> Once I'm ready, I, or else I'll. Um, although I did want to come and try all the events you guys were doing at OSG, I was just like, me and Gabe were like, "How badly do you want to try that overhead?" I'm like, "A lot, a lot." Uh -huh. Gonna try those yolks. Well, yeah, the yolk. But I had in my mind, I was like, I think I could do it, you know. <laughs> like, look, it didn't even like it didn't look as I. We could see how difficult the challenge it was and why with the swinging. Mm -hmm. But if you were not as close as us, it didn't look that difficult. And I was like, I really just want to go and touch it just to see how hard it actually is because I don't think you know until you've actually touched that implement, and it that's why I struggled. Yeah. Everyone in the warm-up was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, oh this is going to be fun tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get to touch them? Uh, I did, but I couldn't press it because my shoulders knocked. Oh, up. yeah, you said your shoulders. I kind of went under it, and as soon as I went under it, it just started swinging. I was like, okay, no, <laughs> not today. <laughs> yeah, they were something special. <laughs> yeah, that was – and then into that block, yeah, that was just incredible, but – it was good to watch. But yeah, it was the facial expressions as people came up to it, confident, and then was like, oh. That isn't like, oh no. <laughs> oh, that's not the same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not the same. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love but it's it. fun. I love that about the sport that like, you know, you can, you can do everything right in training, mm -hmm. but then so much of it is like, strongman is like nothing's made the same and there's a lot of like you have to figure things out in split seconds on the floor sometimes and that's why yeah. you know I look back and sometimes I, I get frustrated with how long it took me to be successful like I feel like I know a lot of people that like come into the sport and then their first year or two they're winning nationals and they're having this these big meteoric rises and I think I'm thankful that I didn't because yeah. 
that's something that I'm really proud of at this point that I've been doing this long enough to have done enough competitions that I think that I'm, I'm really good at adapting. And um, yeah. I know that I'm not necessarily the strongest, but just being well-rounded and being able to adapt to things like that on the fly, I, I think is, is an underrated skill and something that people don't really train for as much. Cause you know, just cause you can do it on your apparatus in the gym doesn't mean it's going to feel the same way. And 100%. you need to be able to make micro adjustments in less than a second sometimes. And I yeah. think that's, I think that's so cool. Oh, definitely. And that, I think that only comes with experience. And I think, um, with you saying that through my experience, I was very quick level and been doing it for three years. And in my first year, I got to Britain's strongest woman than Arnold's. And oh, cool. I think that didn't help with the pressure that I put on myself because it's like, well, I've already gotten to this high profile competition. First time it's ever been in the UK, I'm going to need to do that again. So I did it again the second year, then the third year, I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to try. And I think that I say to my new my new clients that have started Strongman, Strongwoman, I'm like, take your time, enjoy mm. it. You don't need to aim to be at Worlds right now. You don't need to aim to be that, like, just go and do your beginner comps, go and do your novice comps. Get around, try different things, try different gyms. I'm like, enjoy it. Yeah. Get the experience because Contest that is experience. what's gonna make you great. Yeah. Contest experience is so valuable. Hundred percent. Like 100%. These, these people that are phenomenal athletes, but they, you know, they blow up and they're doing pro shows their second year, you know, that's on one hand really cool, but I also think sometimes can be such a negative because if you don't have that contest experience under your belt, yeah, like that's a really hard, heavy show to walk into still green. Yeah, hundred percent. I I completely agree. So I think that you know the longer time you have to get that experience and learn things and meet people because there's so mm. many people out there you can meet and get advice from and put it together yeah. that works for you is what makes a great athlete. Mm. And I think like you're proof of that, obviously. So yeah, it just takes yeah. time. Yeah, and if you love it, you just enjoy it. Just got to yeah. enjoy it. And it's, it is like you're saying it's eight years you've been doing it and. And that people might think, oh my gosh, eight years, but eight years of what you love, like, yeah. and like you have to think long term like that. That I, you know, obviously there's always like, you know, like the goal of winning worlds. Like there's there's goals that come along, but it, I have to remind myself that this is a long term thing. Like this is, you know, when I talk about being like the best of all time, like that is a full career goal like no yeah. one year or one contest is going to determine that and that yeah. involves me being consistent and smart for another 10 to 15 years and, you know when you're looking at goals that are over the course of like multiple decades mm -hmm. um sometimes it can be hard to lose sight of that bigger picture mm -hmm. when you're just focusing on like one thing at a time and I have to remind myself that sometimes that like ultimately we're still working towards a bigger picture yeah and like i don't know that's just i think hard for some people to to realize especially starting out that like you shouldn't be in a rush yeah. and if you and if you love this anyways then then why rush in the first place like enjoy yeah. the process and take your time and accept that some of your goals might not happen for five to eight years and that's okay because you're going to be better for it by the time it comes around Definitely. Love that. Love that. Okay, before we go, I've decided this year mm. I'm going to be doing my podcast more frequently and I'm going to ask the same question to my guests. 
So my question for you is, doesn't have to be to be with strong women, strong women, it could be anything. What was the best advice you've ever been given in your life? Oh. And it doesn't have to involve sport. It can be anything. If it's involved sport, that's fine. But it doesn't have to. What's the best advice you've ever been given? You know, it's a big question. The first thing that comes to mind, this might not necessarily even, I've gotten a lot of good advice, but just the one that pops into my head first. Yeah. Um, is something my therapist says to me all the time because we'll we'll talk and I'll we'll talk about doing something or saying something, and I'll have a lot of anxiety around like oh that's gonna be really difficult like I have I'm anxious about this and she just always tells me like yeah but that's okay because you do hard things all the time, and and I love that so like every time I feel anxious about something or something seems too hard or unattainable and I I start to like panic or get nervous or anxious that kind of just plays in my head of like yes but it's okay because you do hard things all the time. And, and I love just reminding myself that, that like, just because it's hard doesn't mean I can't or shouldn't do it. Yes. Be inspired people. Be inspired. That's amazing because I think people do doubt themselves and it's like, look at what you have achieved in your life and what you've been through. If you can Mm -hmm. do that, you can do anything. Yep. So yeah, that is great advice. Like you do hard things all the time because we all do. We all have challenges and you know our own fears and anxieties, and we have to deal with that. So what what makes you think you can't do anything anything else that's hard? So yeah. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna note that down in my pad. The <laughs> <laughs> good it's a good mantra. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Um, thank you tell us where where we can find you because you said about your youtube well we want to see yeah. tell us yeah so all of my links the easiest place to find everything is just on instagram yeah. e.murray underscore pro dot strong women and then all the links to all my socials are in the the bio there it's the easiest place amazing well we'll be watching out for the youtube since you're bringing it this year it's a lot of yeah. accountability we'll be waiting for it can't wait yep. but thank you very much for joining us erin murray everybody and happy tinny talk Woo-hoo! <laughs> Thank you.